Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Uh, That God grants them travel mercies as they get to their next destination. Surprise! Some of y'all are still here, so that means that I'm gonna, you know, stop by somebody's house before I leave on Tuesday to be with my in-laws in Tallahassee. So I want to test your meal uh, before you actually serve it, and 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 just make sure I give a good critique, if that's all right. Uh, I'll be your official taste tester. I'll even bring Sydney. She's really good with testing the food, uh, and if she spits it out, then you know. You're missing something, amen. Um, you know, I won't lie, it's been a, a really, really, really rough, rough week. Um, you know, one of our dear brothers in Christ has departed this place to go on and be with uh, our Lord and Savior. And any time that that happens, it's, it's always tough, tough, tough on us. And so uh, this year has just been one of those years that's just been really tough and uh, it, it never gets it never gets easy, and so uh, we'll keep the Metters family lifted up in prayer. Um, uh, you know this woman who, uh, this family whom I had the the awesome privilege in June of uh, officiating their wedding, just in June, uh, now is suddenly a widow. She became a bride in June and, and is now a widow, and uh, a single mother. Uh, that certainly is never, ever something we plan or expect, but what she's going to need now more than anything is prayer and uh, knowing that there is a family of people that, 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 that love them and, you know, uh, is there for them. These next few days, weeks, months, and even years will be uh, extremely tough on them. And you have these three beautiful boys, age 11, uh, two, and just nine months who are now fatherless uh, in terms of a physical uh, father here on earth. And so we have to certainly keep them lifted. Uh, How fitting it is today, however, we'll be moving into a new series talking about how you can live your best life ever. How you can live your best life ever and two of my uh, people that I knew, one was a dear friend of mine, I uh, called him a brother, uh, who, who passed away earlier, Nikki's brother Avi, was a person who lived his life to the full. Um, he totally honored his life for God, and so did our, our departed brother Napoleon. They lived in life to the full, and you could see God in just the things that they uh, did and how they cared for so many people selflessly. And that is the, the foundation of living your better life. Living the best life ever has nothing to do with your own personal goals, nothing to do with your own personal gratification, your own personal satisfaction. It has to do with how you bless others. And for these next four weeks, we're going to talk about how you live your best life ever. And this week, we're going to talk about uh, uh, how you do it through relationship, your relationship with God. Next week, we'll talk about how you do it through your relationship with people. In the third week, we'll talk about how you do it by living a life with margin. Many of us don't have margin. That, that's a foreign word. When I say it, some of y'all are like, what does he mean margin? That means allowing time for God. We, we try to fill every void. Every, every minute of our day is filled with something. We feel if there's nothing in this hour to do, I need to fill it with something, and that does not honor God. So we're going to talk about how you live your life with margin. Finally, we'll, we'll, we'll sum up this series with a very important point, and it's about how you live your life and create 
legacy. How do you want to die? How will people know you? When they have remarks to say about you, what will they say? Will they be fighting and begging to be on the program to make remarks? Or will they be like, will you be searching for somebody to make remarks? Because you never did anything significant for anybody else other than yourself. So we're going to talk about that the final week. Um, today, I want to just dig right into this. We, you know, I don't want to hold you long, but we have a lot of ground to cover. You will be taking some notes, plenty of notes. For the first time in the history of Mosaic Church, you have three pages of notes. So that means there's a lot of information I want to get started here. I, I mean, I, I won't lie, it was about five when I finished it, but I said, let me, let me pull this back because that's just a lot, man. Save some for another series, but it's so important to me because we, life is not promised, man. It's short and fragile. And it's important that you live your best life ever now while you can. You understand? And so I want to talk about that. Now that we've removed the masks from masquerade, let's talk about how we live accordingly. God, let us pray. God, thank you for this opportunity, oh, my God, to just stand before your people and just share your word. God, I, I thought this was a word that, that, that was befitting just for me, but I realize, God, it's important that everybody understands how to just live a life that honors you and put others' in, uh, first lives in, uh, first, God. God, I, it's so important that we live a life that honors you, but also care about people's needs, care about the needs of others before we care about even our own. We understand in living a life like that or, or, or being that example of a lifestyle, Father God, that it completely honors you. And I think, God, that is the most important thing that we could do is honor you. In this moment, in these next few moments, God, as I uh, um, um, em embark on sharing your word and unpack what it means to, to live a life with a relationship with you, God, I pray that these words not fall upon the ears but rest solely on the hearts of the people who hear so that there is an impact, a life change that happens, and that we leave this place differently than we came, God. God, I thank you so much for just this opportunity. I promise to be careful to give you all the credit and glory because you, des you deserve it, God. These words are not my words. They're your own. And so I pray that I represent you to the full in these next few moments. If you'd grant me that, God, I'll be careful to give you credit. In Jesus' name, amen. First of all, before I go any further, uh, any of y'all familiar with poetry? Going to poetry cafes? Okay. So if somebody drops like some really good poetry, do we clap? No. How do we do it? Give it up for Ron, y'all. Give it up for Ron Davis with the spoken word. If you missed it, uh, we'll have him back. Um, maybe not. He threw one more out there. All right. Go ahead. All right. Hallelujah. Good job, Ron, man. Ron, I've known for about uh, five years, four or five years. How long? About four. Okay. I was trying to add another one. But I've known Ron for four years, and he's been sitting on that gift. I almost like laid hands on him, but not in a spiritual way, because he sat on that gift for so long, and then he shared it with us today. So thank you, sir. That was beautiful, really beautiful. I need more of that. That's good. So let's get into our word. Our the, the foundation of this, this particular word today about your relationship with God, we're going to kind of unpack this part. In Revelations 3, 15, 16 says this. And it's in your notes. I know all the things you do. This is Jesus. That you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you are not hot. You are cold. You're teetering the fence here. You're on the line. Any day you can go to the left or to the right. I will spit you out. The other verse that's going to be the foundation of this is when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. That's Proverbs 29, 18. You all have probably heard this. For lack of vision, people perish, right? That's what y'all are familiar with. New Living Translation says this. When people do not accept divine guidance, that's the vision, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. That's Proverbs 29, 19. When there is no vision for our relationship with God, we can easily drift. And God is saying, 
we have rejected his divine guidance. We have rejected. When, when he's guided us, offered guidance, we've rejected it. Not all of us, some of us. And in that, we can easily drift. I want to tell you some facts here. Everyone ends up somewhere. But not everyone ends up somewhere on purpose. In other words, any great relationship has to happen on purpose. It doesn't happen by accident. You meet a young lady or a young man, and that person is very attractive, and y'all decide we're going to start a courtship. You don't just say, hey, boo, you're fine. I'm fine. Let's get it on. Then all of a sudden, y'all just start walking hand in hand, and by accident, you fall in love. It doesn't work that way, right? Am I talking to some people here? You meet someone that you're attracted to. There's a labor that happens in that. Hey, boo. Hi, boo. I like you. I like you. It starts with, may I get your number? But nowadays, I've been out the scene for almost a decade. Maybe I'll say, what's your Twitter handle? I don't know how this dating thing works nowadays. I don't know. Yo, what's your Facebook page? I don't know how this works. I really don't. I'm so out of the loop. So that's the main reason, you know. <laughs> Whatever, it starts with some type of initiation. Either I will initiate conversation with you, and from there on, once we exchange the information on how we can get back in contact with each other, we do what next? We set up a date. Does that still happen? Is that how it still works? If I'm wrong, just tell me. If it's a little different, I don't know. We set up a date. We say we're going to meet somewhere. We go out, we talk, we get to know one another. We begin spending intimate time with one another to get to know each other on a very personal, intimate level. It doesn't happen by accident. There is work required for us to get to know each other. Then finally, we, done, we know each other. We're happy, and it's like, this is the one. I'm going to marry this one. So you start, fellas, telling your boy, man, you won't believe this, man. You know, I know y'all haven't seen me for a couple months, but listen, I met so-and-so, and I've just been spending all my time with her. Bro, I think she's the one. And then ladies are like, Oh, my God, I'm sorry, girl, I didn't make it to the function. I'm sorry I wasn't there. I'm sorry we didn't get together. But dude has really been rocking my world. I'm talking about on some spiritual stuff. I mean, the brother's deep, and we've been going to see art and listening to plays, seeing plays. And, you know, we've just been chilling, and he took me to this restaurant. We've been spending time together. And the next thing you know, the man says, I got to put a ring on this. Now, the proposal, what I'm trying to get at here and we don't have to go through the process, there's a work in creating a great relationship. It doesn't happen by accident. We are no longer Neanderthals where I say, hey, woman, throw on my shoulder, and that's it. We are out of the phase, at least us in America, where the marriage is arranged. It's a work to build a great relationship. It doesn't happen accidentally. Now, here's the thing. That same principle applies to our relationship with Christ. It's not going to happen by accident. Today, I, I give my life to Christ, and, you know, I'm a Christian. Now, let me just go on about my way. I'm a Christian, super Christian. Got my super Christian T-shirt. Jesus is my homeboy. Check out my bracelet. Look at the fish on the back of my car. I got it going on. I'm a Christian. But where is your relationship with Christ Got some news for you. It's almost impossible to have your best life now if God is not at the head of it. This is why we're starting this series with where your relationship starts with. You want your best life ever? It has to involve a relationship first and foremost with Christ. Not mama, not daddy, not, not your best friend, not your frat brothers or your sorors. None of that. It starts with Christ at the center of the foundation of your relationship, of your life. It starts with Christ. If you have a relationship with God, you probably fit in one of three categories. The first one is you are either hot, and if you are hot, that means you are growing in Christ. 
If you are hot, you are growing in Christ. What that means is, is, is that you're spiritually becoming more mature. You're, it's, 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 it's not, you know, walking around speaking the King James Version and speaking to everybody like that. It's not using Christianese. You know, it's, it's none of that. And if you don't know what Christianese, it's those words that you don't never understand anyway when people start talking and stuff, you know. Uh, I don't know if, you know, you ever hear people say stuff like, what you doing on tomorrow? I think that's black Christianese. I, I don't get that. You know, what you doing on tomorrow? It's just tomorrow, not on. You don't have to put on in there. But it's acceptable in our church. I don't get it. That's not Christianese. That's just something different. But using these Christian words, nobody understands it. Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored and, 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 and God is good and good and God is good all the time and all the time God is good. It's, it's all of that stuff. And it's like, really? Let's just talk and speak like we normally would because guess what? If I wasn't in the company of other Christians, I certainly wouldn't talk like that. Let's be honest. If I'm in a room full of heathens, they're like, hey, what's up? Yo, what's going on? Good. Yo, how you feeling? Man, I'm good. What's up with you? But you get in a room full of Christians and it's like, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Praise him. We have to get out of speaking this Christianese and at all times just speak just be godly. And so being spiritually mature does not mean having, watch this, being spiritually mature is not about having an abundance of Bible knowledge. It's about having an abundance of Bible knowledge and what? Applying it. See, if I'm a religious scholar, oh, that's, that's cool. That's, that's awesome. But if all I have is my scholarly my knowledge and my wisdom and my degrees and my such and such and that's it and I'm not doing anything about it I'm sitting on it and I'm not sharing it I'm not actually applying what I know then what good is it you might as well put yourself on the shelf with the rest of the books because that's what you are a walking book there has to be application and that's where the growing happens in other words Jesus said do a b c and d You know that because you read that. You know that because a pastor or somebody's told you that. You know that because mama and daddy have told you that all your life, but you don't do any of it. We have it, but we don't do it. The other category you can be in, well, the Scripture is 2 Thessalonians. Paul says this. I love this. He says, your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing. One of the things I love about Paul when he writes his letters, he, this one is to, to, to the group in Thessalonica, he, he, he always starts off praising them. He, all, he doesn't come off, y'all idiots, y'all knuckleheads, what y'all doing over there? He always says, I lo- he points out the good things. I love what y'all are doing. Y'all are doing this. Y'all are doing that. I mean, I love your faith. I love how y'all are just doing some fantastic things. Now, what y'all are not doing is... He always starts off on the positive. He affirms them first. And so he's saying here, I love your faith because it is flourishing and and your love for one another is growing. They were taking care of each other. They were loving on one another. Their faith was growing because they were doing what Jesus said do. They were doing. They weren't just talking about it. They were doing. There was actual application happening. The second category you can be in, you can be cold. You can be cold. And if you're cold, that means you do not know God yet. You don't know him. I met a brother just last night. It's funny. It's just crazy just how things happen. I said, I'm going to use that, what this brother said. I'm going to put that in this. I'm going to find a way to put that in the sermon because it makes sense. He's a Muslim brother. I love my Muslim brothers. I was a Muslim. I talked to the brother and Got the introduction. Like, oh, yeah, this is, he's a pastor. We're talking. He's like, oh, man, cool, man. I'm Muslim, man. We love Jesus. We know Jesus. I says, really? You know Jesus. Okay. But do you, watch this, know him? I think when you say you know him, you know about him. But do you believe what I believe? about my Jesus. Do you believe that he is truly the son of God? He died on the cross for our sins and rose on the third. Do you believe that? And the answer is a definite no. See, they know Jesus, but they don't have the relationship with Jesus. And those people are cold. And it's not just Muslims. It's people who just don't know Jesus. 
There's a group of people. I'll be going probably in April or March to, to Ghana, northern part of Ghana, to visit this tribe called the Dwala tribe. It's a Muslim territory. They've never heard the name of their certain people, never heard the name of Jesus Christ, never. For the first time, they're cold. It's not their fault. It's what they grew up in. So I'll be traveling with a group of missionaries just simply saying, Jesus Christ, can I tell you about him? Can I tell you about some miracles he performed? They're cold. I don't think anybody in here falls in that category. Your neighbor, well, not you. The third category, well, John says this, 7, 28, 29. John says this in the book of John. Jesus says, yes, you know me, and you know where I come from, true, but I'm not here on my own. The one who sent me is true, and you don't know him, but I know him because I come from him, and he sent me to you. That's what separates the knowers and the believers. I know him. I know him personally for myself. You know him because you've heard of him. You know him because you've heard his story, but I know him personally for myself. And those people who say, I know him, but don't know him personally for themselves, they're cold. So we have hot, you're growing. Cold, you don't know God yet. Lukewarm is the third one. Lukewarm is the third one. And if you are lukewarm, you are drifting. If you are lukewarm, you're drifting. Hebrews uh, 2 and 1 says this. This is Paul speaking. He says, so we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. If we read further, it's more than just listening. You have to apply what you've heard or what you've read. It trips me out when people say, I'm not being fed. I say, read your Bible. You don't need a man to feed you. Get off my nipple. Read your Bible. You are a grown person. Be spiritually mature and read your Bible. And if that's not enough, if you really need a man and I'm not that man, go on YouTube or go on the Internet. There are tons of preachers. Matter of fact, you can just on any Sunday just go. I'm going to listen to this one, and then the next hour I'm going to listen to this one. You will be, you'll be so full you'll be messed up. You'll need spiritual weight watchers. But you should never seek fulfillment from man. Because man is just as jacked up as you are. He just carries title, and title is pastor. That's it. But he's just as jacked up as you are. But if you go to the Bible, the same one that the broken man who is pastor is reading, I trust me, you will get the same kind of fool that he gets. Yours may even be seasoned a little bit better. Y'all will get that in a minute. I think of this, when I thought of this, 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 this particular uh, Lukewarm means we're drifting. I thought of this summer being at the beach in, uh, in St. Pete and playing with my kids. We're having a good time and, you know, throwing Brooke and throwing Broderick, and we're just playing and, you know, oh, I'm a fish, I'm a shark, you know, just having so much fun. And we try to keep our eye focused so we can, you know, the beach is packed. You want to know where your stuff is. You know, like, and, and, or if something's going on. So I'm looking, and we're playing, we're playing. I know we're right here. We're playing, we're playing, we're playing. We're drifting. We're having a good time. I didn't know we were drifting. All of a sudden, I look, and it's like, where did mom and them go? Where did Titi and them go? I don't see them. They're here because we've drifted. Now, let me bring this illustration to your life. We play around with church. We pray, play around with God. We play around with our faith long enough, and we keep on drifting. We keep on taking little chunks, little bites of this faith, what's relevant to us at the time, but it's never, ever, we never, ever really put it in our hearts. We never take the application. We read it. We let pastor say something nice. We let this person say something nice, but we're not applying it. And what's happening in the process? We're drifting further and 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 further away from God. And then we come and say, I'm not being spiritually fed. Whose fault is that? What are you doing to fix it? What are you doing? The ball is in your court. 
My pops used to tell me that all the time. Son, the ball is in your court. You can either shoot it or pass it. If you pass it, there's no guarantee that your teammate's going to make the shot. But if you got the open shot, son, at least take a chance and bust that jumper. You got a 50-50 chance of making it. If you got the open shot, nobody's in your way, man, go ahead, plant your feet like I taught you, put your prostate there, let it go. It might make it, it might not. But you got a 50-50 chance. If you pass it, that 50 chance is now like a quarter. Because now you've passed it, there's no guarantee the ball's going to make it to the teammate you passed it to, and there's no guarantee that your teammate is going to make it. If you have the ball, shoot it. What I'm saying is, if you are not spiritually fed, the ball is in your court. Either you pass it to the pastor who's just as broken as you and, and ain't going to make no guarantees to get you anywhere, or you take the ball yourself, try to get past the devil and all of his enemies, and you go up for the layup. But if you're really good, you'll slam dunk it. Don't pass the ball to somebody else for your spiritual health. You don't know what their life is about. I don't care if they, what title they have. Don't you dare do that. Get yours and share it. Help somebody else. Where there is no vision, the people run wild. I got to keep reiterating this, y'all. Great relationships don't happen on accident. You are not going to have this phenomenal relationship with God just because you show up someplace. It's going to take work. You're going to have to court God. Y'all going to have to have some real deep, intimate conversations. You may have to confess some stuff that you haven't confessed yet, some stuff from about 10 years back. But it starts with your relationship with Christ, and it, it's not going to happen by accident. It's going to happen because you've labored. You've been intentional about doing it. Let me tell you how this works. There are two essential questions you must ask to begin building this relationship with Christ. The first essential question you must address is, what disciplines help you best experience God? What disciplines in your life right now help you best experience God? Disciplines are those things that you are intentional about doing, okay? In other words, what disciplines, here's an example, what disciplines do I practice at home to keep mama happy? If mama says, listen, you don't need to be hanging out for two hours. I know you're going with your boys. I know y'all can go watch the Bills lose. But listen, I expect you home at a decent hour. And if you're not going to be there, call. My discipline is, honey, I'm on my way. Honey, I just got here. Honey, I'll be there in five minutes. Honey, I'm at the stoplight. Honey, I'm calling her all the long way. Because when I get home, I want peace in my house. That's a discipline of keeping my marriage happy. For unmarried folk, I'm teaching you something. What disciplines do you have with your children? Or what disciplines do your children have? We all have certain disciplines. Jeremiah 29, 13 through 14 says this. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. Here's the key thing. Many of us just look for Jesus. Many of us just look for God. What does it say? If you look for me wholeheartedly, with your whole heart. In other words, I'm looking for God, but at the same time, I'm thinking about something else. God, I just love you so much. And, and, then, and then you're thinking in the back of your head, as soon as I'm done praying, I need to make this. And as soon as I'm done praying, I got to make it here by this time. And th th oh, I forgot to call such and such. But God, I love you so much. And you just, no intimate time. No intimate time. And God is sitting there looking at you like, when you get it together, I'll be waiting. When it's all about me, when it's your whole heart that belongs to me, then we can talk. Until then, you just keep on with your little self. I want your whole heart, wholeheartedly seeking God, wholeheartedly with your entire heart. My focus is only on him in this moment. I'm not thinking about what's going to happen in the next 5, 10, 15 minutes. I'm thinking about God. I'm thinking about him just reaching down and hugging me. I'm envisioning this moment with my God intimately embracing me, loving me, giving me an attaboy, saying, man, go ahead. Now you go and do your thing. And then when I'm done, then I will go. Because in that intimate moment, he's going to give me instruction and direction and vision, vision in the form of guidance. But if I'm giving him just a piece of my heart and some of my mind, ain't nothing going to happen positive. There's no relationship. 
Y'all know what I'm talking about when you're talking to people and you're like, y'all, y'all doing an eye to eye and they're doing this. You're like, yeah, so what's going on? And they're like, yeah, you know, uh, everything is all right. And uh, so, uh, so what'd you say again? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so what I was saying that you're trying to get their undivided attention, but it's all scattered and you want to just jump in their face. Like, can't you see me talking to you? I'm right here. My kids have a big problem with that. Don't let the TV and the cartoon or network be on or something. We're talking. They're trying to come to me for a question. Daddy, this, daddy, that. And next thing you know, cartoon network's on. They're like, so, daddy, um, can you help me with my homework? Huh? Yeah, I was doing, um, oh, man, daddy, you see that? It's so funny. It's like, Junior, what do you want? I'm here. Focus, son. Jakai, focus, son. Brooke, focus, daughter. I'm here. And this is what God is saying. Y'all are praying, y'all are talking to me, but you're distracted by stuff that I got control over anyway. You're distracted by stuff that only I can change the trajectory of what happens in the end. You're distracted by stuff that I can end or restart. Give me your time. Give me your attention. I'm desperate for it. It doesn't take a lot. Just focus on me with your whole heart. Not some of your heart and a little bit of your mind. What are some disciplines we can do that, 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 that can get us in a better relationship with Christ? If you look on your paper here, now, do we, just a quick question before we go further. Are we set for the live poll? No? No problem. We'll just go with this. I won't call on anybody unless you want to. But here, I decided to come up with a few disciplines that you can practice in order to get closer to God. All of us will not have the same type of relationship with God. Some of us won't get close by the same way. We'll do it in our own way. So I wrote down a few here. So you have Bible study. You know, and some of y'all would say, oh, man, but, you know, we don't have a Bible study at Mosaic. Okay, start one. Join one somewhere else. It don't matter to me. It's not about what church. I don't care about what church you go to as long as we serve in the same God and we have the same goal. That does, listen, that don't trip me up. Prayer. I got to be honest, man. That's the hardest one to keep your prayer life going. You want to, you want to, like when you, when you, you know, you know, you need to be praying a lot. One of the things I told this Muslim brother who says, oh, man, we know, we know Jesus. Oh, man, we, we know him. We love, we love Isa. That's, that's what they call Jesus in Arabic, Isa. I said, I love, I, I know that, but you don't know him like I know him. He says, well, what, what got you from the, from the, from the deen, the mujahideen, which is what they call Islam? And I says, I wasn't fulfilled. I says, but I'm grateful to Islam because it taught me the discipline of prayer, which, as a Christian, I've gotten away from. Five times a day you prayed as a Muslim. As a Christian, we kind of don't have that pray five times a day. You can or you cannot. And so oftentimes we do prayer in the morning and at night. And if we're good and honest about it over every meal, some of us are like, man, I'm going to eat. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to say my grace. Thank you, God. Prayer is such a hard one. I won't lie. There's been times when my prayer life has been jammed up, been kind of weak. And God is looking. And that's why I'm telling you all, don't rely on a pastor. Because your pastor, not this one, but I'm saying if you go to another church, your pastor ain't really praying. Y'all think so. Oh, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. Man, let me put this game on. Oh, man, and and didn't pray for you. Don't visit you when you're sick. Don't send you a card. Don't check up on you. You you know, if you you told him your personal business, but he hasn't called and checked up on you, how you doing? Did everything work out? You know, I prayed for you. Did, did, Did God answer that prayer? Many, many do that. The other one is fasting. Oh, whoa. Deny yourself physically. Let's just, I'm not going to, this is modern stuff. Don't deny yourself from, from Facebook and all that. That's just, that's modern. Really deny yourself in the same way that Jesus denied himself and the other apostles and prophets from food for an extended period of time. Deny yourself physical food in order to gain spiritual food for a minute, huh? Oh, man, that's, that's, ooh, I got to eat. I got to eat. But you're not spiritually fed, though, right? Why don't you eat some of that? Chew on a little bit of that spiritual food for a minute. I guarantee that'll fill you up. That'll satisfy you better than a Snickers would. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Worship. Ooh, worship. Worship, worship, worship. I'm just going to be honest. That's a common conversation for us. 
what can we do to get the people like jumping over the seats and, you know, let's choose better songs or let's do this song or let's do that song. If you're depending on the worship team to get you into worship, wah, wah, wah. Exactly right. Because guess what? Even in this small room, it's too many of y'all for us to do your favorite song. I'm just saying. Real talk. It's in this small room of about 20 of you all, it's too many of you for us to do your favorite jam. Because guess what? Your neighbor don't like that song. Your neighbor don't like that type of music. Your neighbor don't even know what that means. Real talk. So if you're depending on people to help you into the process of worship, wah, wah, wah. it's not going to happen. You got to do it. And if we're not doing your jam, get in the car, pop your CD on, and jam all the way, and pull up to the stop sign, let that person look at you crazy because you're praising God. I'm guilty of it, singing loud, off-key like it's nobody's business. But, man, God is like, make a joyful noise. Well, it's joyful to me, God. I hope you're covering your ears. <laughs> Fellowship. My God, how many of us come here Sunday morning and dapping and loving and hugging and we go eat after service but don't see that person till next Sunday if they show up. And if they don't show up, then you got two weeks to wait. But you probably don't even notice because you're not intentional about the fellowship. You're not intentional about it. One of the things about this church is that we love fellowship. It's been kind of lax these past few months, but there's been a lot going on. And I know some of you have found ways to connect. But some of you, when we have events, don't show up. They're like, oh, that's for them. I'm, I got something else to do. Fellowship. Accountability. How many of you have accountability partners in your life? Huh? All right. Guess what's going to happen? The beginning of the new year will come, right? Y'all already start writing. I'm going to read the Bible in one year. I'm going to do that. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going I'm to do this. I'm going to do that. You do all these things, but you don't tell anybody. You don't even tell God. You just say, I'm going to do it for me. It's all about me. I'm going to do it. You don't tell anybody. Nobody's holding you accountable to make you feel guilty when you, when, you, when you slack up. You need an accountability partner. If I come, Ron, me and you do, let's do it. P90X next year. We're going we gonna, we gonna to bulk up, right? You down? <laughs> <laughs> You're really asking. That was an example. Are you down, though? If you're down, then maybe I'll be serious. <laughs> Whatever it is you're setting your goals for, if you're trying to grow spiritually, you need to have somebody accountable saying, yo, did you read your Bible? Calling you up and saying, hey, I'm praying for you. Will you pray for me? Y'all need to be accountable to one another. Here's the biggest part, especially if you have struggles. We're going to talk about some, some barriers in a minute. So there needs to be accountability. I would say serving is important. Serving is very important to building your relationship with Christ. Mission. Listen, you don't have to do international mission work to do mission work. You can do it right here in your, in your corner, in your neighborhood. Mission work is just getting up off your behind and actually going somewhere and saying, may I share my Jesus with you? And in the process, how can I help you? Any of us can do that. It's, it's evangelism 101. Those are some. Here's, here's the thing. What I want you all to do, this list is incomplete. It's inconclusive. Write down what you do creatively. What discipline do you do creatively right now to experience God for yourself? Perhaps it's line dancing. I don't know. Perhaps it's writing. I don't know. I got a new thing I started, journaling. I've never journaled. I've heard people talk about it. I started journaling, and I was like, whoa, this is deep. This is dope. I like, I like this journaling thing. I get to talk and, you know, write some stuff that, that just takes me to a different level, makes me reflect a little bit about what I read, what I, what I read and what I, what I experience. That's not on here, but that's something I do. Whatever it is, write it down. Do it now. Not later. Do it now. You know. Whatever you do, if it's not on this list, write down that thing you do. And if some of these things appeal to you, check them off and start doing them. We all connect with God in a different way. 
I even, I mean, a perfect example is I connect with my kids. I have four kids. I connect with each of them totally different. I communicate with them differently. Me and Ja'Kai, it's like, you know, he's 11. He's got the cool thing. He got the mohawk thing. He, you know, he, he's, he's noticing girls notice him, and he's noticing them, and he's spending my money on them and stuff at these little dances and things. So our communication is not like, you know, huggy-huggy. He don't, you know, he's like, nah, 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 nah. Let's do that. It's that, you know. So we do the fist bump, and he want to do chest bump and all that stuff. He wants to be cool, and, you know, he want to go hang out with his boys, play basketball. When they first asked, Pop, can I go down to the court to shoot some hoops with my boys? You know, my homework is done. And I was like, yeah, man, let me go drop you off. No, no, sir. No, no. Let me walk so they can see me coming. <laughs> it's different. You know, with Brooke, it's, it's, it's you know, it's kissy, kissy, hi, daddy, can I talk? Or this thing we had, Jared, I think Jared was a witness to it. Brooke has this new thing where she thinks me and her mom or her friend is, hey, it's not hi, dad, hi, mom, or excuse me. It's, hey, do you think, hey, do you say, hey, hey. I'm not your friend. I'm your daddy. You're going to address me, excuse me, dad, or excuse me, mom. Or if you, and if you keep messing up, it's going to be, excuse me, father, excuse me, mother. Eventually, I'm going to get to sir and ma'am if you keep messing me up. I'm going to hey, hey. And Junior is just, you know, he's lovely. You know, he's like, you know, dad. Our thing is, you know, if Junior gets in trouble, and I say, you know, our thing, we joke, call each other knuckleheads. That's like, are you knucklehead? Oh, no, you're a knucklehead. No, you're a knucklehead. So if he gets in trouble, this is what Junior does. So, dad, um, am I a knucklehead? And it's like, you are, but not in the sense that you think you're a knucklehead because you shouldn't have done what you did, knucklehead. But we all have our own ways of communicating with God. In the same way, we have, I have a different way of communicating with my kids and my wife and so forth and so on. For those of you that have drifted, Jesus says this in Revelations 2, 4 through 5. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Turn back to me. And do the works you did at first. For many of us, we first know Christ. When we first give our lives to Christ, we're on fire. We're reading the Bible. We, we, you know, we, we talking about the Bible. Everybody we know, we're telling about Jesus because we save. And now we become so, so uh, quote, unquote, these mature Christians. We've been saved for 10 years, and we ain't telling nobody about Jesus. It's like all to yourself. You're selfish. When you first come to know Christ, you want to tell the world. Just like when you first meet your boo. You're telling everybody, oh, he so does this. He held, do you, girl, you know, he held the door open for me. He opened my door of the car before he, girl. And they're like, that's the one. Because brothers don't do that anymore. Girl, I, I, I didn't even, he told me not to bring a purse. He told me don't even bring your purse. Because I'm going to take care of the bill. That's the rarity now. Brothers is like, can we go Dutch? Or he's like, oh, I forgot my wallet. And he might drive off. I've heard of it. We're telling everybody about what's exciting in our lives, about the new person in our lives, but after a while, we're not telling anybody about them. And it's even like that in some of our marriages. Oh, man, this girl, she's perfect, man, and you get married, and she's your world, but you don't send her nothing nice on Facebook. You don't, like, write her a letter. You're not bragging about her anymore. It's like, yeah, it's my old lady. And we're treating God the same way. Oh, you loved me when you first got to know me. You loved me when I blessed you. You loved me when, you, when I answered your prayers. But now that you're in poo-poo, where, you know, there's nothing to say about me. I'm, I'm, I'm useless to you now. You can't have a relationship like that. You can't. Number two, second essential question. What barriers are hindering you from experiencing God? What barriers, what walls, what things are in your way from experiencing God? I love what David says in Psalms 24, 4-5. He says this, All those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols, never tell lies, they will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Let me fix that a little bit because some of y'all are like, oh, I'm never going to have a relationship with God because I ain't going to lie, I lie. 
No, y'all got that. I ain't going to lie. I lie. There you go. Some of y'all, real talk. Oh, man. I mean, I tell a little white lie every now and again, so I guess my relationship is never going to happen. That's not true. It's it's not that serious. Let me talk about this part where he says, whose hands and hearts are pure, whose hands and hearts are clean is what it means. And, And this is what it says. Clean hands represent being purified from our sin. A lot of people treat sin uh, like I used to as a child. You know how you, they say you wash your hands, whatever your parents say, wash your hands before dinner, whatever. My kids do this now. Wash your hands, clean yourself up before dinner. And they go in there, they turn the water on, right? And they turn it off and they come back and their hands are dry as a bone. And it's like, did you wash your hands? Yeah, I washed my hands. Why are your hands dry? So then I begin to check them again. Did you wash your hands? So now they play the, they, they, they do this trick now. So they, they do sanitizer, but run the water and pretend like this. So when you want, because you're going to smell their hands. <sniffs> oh, yeah. See, they smell clean, Daddy. All these tricks. The other one is, kids, I don't get this, showering. You tell your kids, yo, go take a shower. Five minutes later, they come down the stairs in pajamas, smelling good. Well, smelling like lotion and funk, really. Did you shower? Yeah, yeah, you didn't hear the water. Go up, you check, and it's soap. It's dry as a bone. Soap has never been used. Well, what happened was I, I showered, but I didn't use soap. So you just didn't shower. You just stood in the water and got out the water. Well, here's the funny part. This is what we do. This is how we operate. We cover our sins and we put on this mask. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm holier than thou. Praise God. But you've got some unconfessed sin within your heart. You've got unclean hands, in essence, going on in your life right now. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good, I'm good man. No, no, no. I'm clean. I'm clean. I, I know I've sinned and I prayed about it. But have you repented? To repent leaves it, you know, you mean that means you leave it alone never to go back to it again. And many of us got these masks on, like, oh, I'm good, everything is good, and you got unconfessed sin, you have not cleaned your hands, you've not washed your heart, you're still messy on the inside, and you're faking it. In the same manner that my kids or I did as a, as a child, faking like I took a shower, faking like I cleansed myself when I really didn't, because I don't want nobody to know I'm jacked up. What barriers get in the way of you experiencing God? I'll tell you there are two, and then we're going to wrap this up right here. Two main things, two major barriers that get in the way. The first one is sin, S-I-N, sin. The Greek word for sin is uh, harmatia, harmatia, which literally means missing the mark. As I said before, all of us end up somewhere, but all of us don't end up somewhere on purpose. We all are going to end up somewhere. We're all going to land somewhere, but we may not land there on purpose where we want to go. And if we don't have the vision and accept the guidance from God, which is the direction into the path to which we should go, we'll end up not in the place that we are destined to be. And one of the major causes of that is sin, missing the mark. Here are a couple bears. I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand or nothing like that. 1 Corinthians says this, 1534. Think carefully about what is right. Stop sinning. For to share, for to your shame, I say that some of you don't know God at all. Woo, that's deep. John, in, in, in the book of John, Jesus says this, if you love me, obey my commandments. Some of us allow barriers like materialism, laziness. I'm not talking to anybody in here. Just listen to me while I read. Self-centeredness. I guarantee nobody in here is that. Pride. I'll take that one. I'll own that one. Gluttony. Anger. Sexual lust, envy, and lying. I don't know why I even put that on here. There are no liars at Mosaic Church, not of one. And you just think of any sin that gets in your way. 
any sin. I want y'all to be writing these down because today we're going to put this behind us. We're going we're gonna to live our best life ever by putting to action some of these steps. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this, And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Why did you put that scripture in there, B? Because as I list all of these sins that separate us, I want you to know, many of us are sitting here saying, I cannot do all of this stuff. To do all of that means I am perfect. And God is saying, no, if you're perfect, then I have no use for you. I want you to be a little bit jacked up. I want you, because this way you'll depend on me. But I want you to know I'm not going to put more on you than you can actually handle. Yes, you're going to be tempted. I may even tempt you on purpose, but I know your limitations. But you won't know that if you're not in a relationship with me. It starts with the relationship first. You won't know what you can bear if you are disconnected from me. You won't know your limitations if we don't even have conversation. So that if you get to the line and you pray, I will get, listen, he says, I'm going to show you a way out from temptation. If temptation comes upon you, we're having a conversation. You know that you're tempted. You know you're about to, this is a church term, backslide, go backwards, fall back into that sin. I will give you a way out. But if we're not having conversation, there's no accountability. There's nobody in your life watching and helping you. There's no way in the world you're going to get out of it. Because you don't know your Barriers. You don't know your capacity. I do. So let's talk. You don't know that unless we have these conversations. The other one, sin was the first one. The second most common uh, barrier, idolatry. Idolatry. What idols are you worshiping? What idols getting in the way of your relationship with Christ? Exodus 23 says this. 20 verse 3 says this, you must not have any other God but me. This is God saying this. No other God. Well, I, I, only, I only believe in God. I only believe in Jesus. What are you talking about? No. You know what the number one God is that we worship next to God that fights for our heart? The number one competitor for our heart is? Anyone want to say it? Somebody paid attention over the past couple weeks. Moolah, money, dinero. Cream, cash, whatever you want to call it. Not that we want it. We depend on it and not on God. We depend on money for stuff that only God can provide. Security, significance. All of these things only God can provide, but we depend on money, and money and God are fighting them for your heart. And you are every time as you are drifting and you are lukewarm, guess what you fall into? Money, money, money. And it's like, if you give me more of that, you don't even have to worry about money. I made the money, actually. I don't care if you call it a peso, a dinero, a euro, a hero, or whatever role. I made it. It's God's. It exists because of me. And if you depend on me, you don't even have to worry about it. Worry about the me, not the it. Because I got this. But you won't know that if we're not in relationship. It's got to have the relationship. Whatever your idols are, TV, Facebook, Twitter, that man, that woman, yeah, they become idols too. Your church, your job, your kids, your wife can all become idols if God is not at the head, center, and has your whole heart. Your business, anything can become an idol if you worship it instead of God. Think about that. Figure out what idols are in your life and then chop its head completely off and give it to God. He's the only one that deserves your whole heart. He'll bless everything else. Final thing here. There are some other notes I want you all to see. I want you to be thinking about this. What do you put ahead of God? Write those things down. Then the other thing is, what are you going to do to change it? Write that down. Share it with somebody. I'm going to ask, too. I promise you. I'm not even joking. I'm going to ask. 
who you shared it with because this is important. I want to get us out of this. I really do. I want us to live our best life ever. William Booth, and I'm, I'm not talking about the assassinator or whoever that is, says this. This is what he did for his life to get his relationship right with God. He says, here's my promise. I do promise God that I will rise early every morning to have a few minutes, not less than five. He was specific in private prayer. I will endeavor to conduct myself as a humble, meek, and zealous follower of Jesus. And by serious witness and warning, I will try to lead others to think of the needs of their immortal souls. I hereby vow to read no less than four chapters in God's Word every day. I will cultivate a spirit of self-denial and will yield myself a prisoner of love to the Redeemer of the world. Man, that's so pretty. This is the life that he, this is how I am going to live my best life ever. I'm going to do these things every day. Anybody know who William Booth is? I'll tell you. He's the founder of Salvation Army, the first general, saved and introduced over 10,000 people to Christ. To this day, Salvation Army blesses the lives of millions of people, and it's all because he took this discipline and applied it to his life that now today many people experience the hand of God. Somebody can say amen. Somebody can say amen. This is the final thing I want you to be doing. My vision for my relationship with Christ, with, with my, my vision for my relationship with God is, in, us, in essence, take this out of the playbook of William Booth. I do promise God that I will fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Do it. Not to be, do it on your own. If you can do it now, good. If you can't, do it. I urge you to. I will follow up. This is so important. And we're done. We are done. This is so important. I know I held you all a little longer than normal, but I'm desperate for every single person in here, including myself, number one, to grow in Christ, to live our best life ever. And apart from God, it's impossible. Sure, we can do 100 life goals and all that stuff, but if God is not at the center, it's useless. He has to be the head and the center, the center being your heart. And he has to have your whole heart in it. And this is my prayer for each of you today, that you take this and apply it. There's a lot of fill in the blanks. There's a lot of stuff that you need to fill out. Do that, and let's get it moving. Amen? Let us pray. Eternal and gracious God in heaven, holy is your name. God, may your kingdom come soon and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. God, I thank you for just this opportunity to just minister your word. It's not my own, but God, you've placed this burden in my heart so that we may be desperate for you, to be des to, 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 desperate to live a life that just truly honors you. God, I am aware that to live that life, to live the best life ever, it requires a real, authentic relationship with you. And today, oh God, I pray that that really rests on the heart of the people here. God, you are a relational God. And so I pray that we are all intentional about fostering this relationship because we're all aware that great relationships don't happen accidentally, but they happen on purpose. So God, bless everyone here today. Speak words into their life, God. Remind them of your, your, your desire to be in relationship with them and that if you are in relationship with them, you can speak clearly to them. God, I thank you for everybody here under the sound of my voice. I pray that their weeks are blessed, their days are, are wonderful. God, I just want to take a moment and just celebrate your son, Napoleon, who, who is now with you up there, God. I pray for his family here on earth who is going to be struggling these next few weeks, few years. I pray, oh God, that you continue to provide within them a peace that surpasses all understanding, a comfort that they need, Father God. I pray, oh God, that you just continue to just blow kisses their way and remind them that you love them. God, I thank you for this day and each day. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.